Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Revelation chapter 19, allow me to share from God's Word with God's people on this special Sunday. After Revelation 19, I will be turning your attention backwards to 2 Corinthians, but Revelation 19 verses 6 through 9 read, and I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunderings saying hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come And his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 Verses 2 and 3. Verses 2 and 3. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I draw my title from prayer. I draw it from prayer. But I want to draw it from a sound that is much more familiar To you, Dr. Anderson, if you would help me, I think they'll recognize. Thank you. (laughs) I preach to you what I felt from the Lord in prayer specifically for this service. Here comes the bride. Here comes the bride. Whether you want to admit it or not, this thing's almost over. Whether the world wants to acknowledge it or not, we're almost done here. We who have been pilgrims, we who have been the church with resolute determination in the face of all sinfulness, we are about to be the bride of Christ. And I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. 
Would you lift your hands and lift your voices? Would you pray for you right now that the Lord would help you to hear and to receive and to respond? Lord, we love you. I feel your presence in this house. I pray you'd help me preach with wisdom and clarity under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray my tongue might be as the pen of a ready writer, Lord, that I might do your work with excellence, that your name would be exalted and that your people would be drawn closer to you. We ask it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you and you may be seated. This has been the summer of weddings. I understand the sensitive nature of that for some people. I do not mean to use that as a throwaway statement, but I would tell everyone in this room, God's got you. God's got you. But for many, this summer has been the summer of weddings. We were trying our best to find weekends on the calendar. Thank God a couple got married on different days of the week even in different buildings. This has been the summer of weddings and I have sat with many couples, many grooms and brides-to-be. But I have had one question specific for them and I would look at the bride and I would ask the bride the same thing I would ask the groom. Is he a one or the one? <laughs> is he an option or is he the option? Now, I would ask the groom the same question, but because my analogy today is about us and the great bridegroom, I will tell you he made his mind up a long time ago. We would not be here today had he not made up his mind about us a long time ago. But I needed to hear from that bride what I believe the Lord longs to hear from us this morning. Is the groom an option or is this groom the only option? Is he the one you can't live without? Is he the one that fulfills your days and, and will fulfill your nights? Is he the one that fulfills your thinking? Is he the one that touches your heart? Is he the one that even when he's not doing what you wish he was doing, even when he isn't, Brother Turner, answering like you wish he was answering, is he still the one that you are Committed to, that's the question that I need answered. And I promise you, there has been no holy matrimony nor union that I've stood in front of a couple this summer where any bride looked at me with wavering in her voice and said, possibly. If any bride would look at me and say, most of the time, we would ask them to wait. If any bride would even look at me and say, I think so, we would ask them to wait, and I would tell the groom to run. <laughs> because I want it to be very important that Dr. Anderson, when we all hear this sound, it needs to be very clear to her father and to her mother 
It needs to be very clear to me as the pastor. It needs to be very clear to her friends. The last thing she wants are any friends on the sidelines saying, I don't know that you really love him like you say you love him. The last thing that we need to be thinking when the music begins to play is she loves him this week, but I don't know if she'll love him next week. Because by the time the music plays, it ought to be absolutely obvious to everybody she has been preparing for this day she has been waiting for this day she has been longing for this day and if he is only potentially the one Houston we got a problem it was five years ago now it was a feat and it was a feature that people all over the world tuned into, even us Americans that love to look at business that doesn't concern us. But it was five years ago when on Saturday, May 19th of 2018 in St. George's Chapel in Windsor, that Prince Harry, the second son of King Charles III, Prince of Wales, and Diana, Princess of Wales, married Megan. And some of you thought, we did have a reason. Megan, to which if you know, you need to get a book. While there were 600 guests in attendance that day, I'm bringing up this wedding, and you see the picture up here behind me of this wedding, because it was called the Royal Wedding. And although there were only 600 in attendance, and some are thinking from different generations, well, there have been royal weddings before. There have, but this is considered the largest viewed wedding in history because this day, 1.9 billion people tuned in to watch virtually a wedding one day to every father who ever feels like you've overpaid. A one-day ceremony called the Royal Wedding that cost $41 million and 1.9 chilled in their homes with popcorn and what? And I take this as very simple illustration to tell you that is not the Royal Wedding. That does not even scratch the surface as a precursor to the day that is coming soon and very soon. And 1.9 billion is a drop in the bucket because ever since Hebrews, they've been watching for a day that is soon to come when not a bride will be with a groom, but the bride We'll meet the groom in the air. Ah, soon, 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 and very soon. And just in case you're missing it, and you're waiting on the good part, you're supposed to be a part of that bride. You're supposed to be a part of that bride. You're supposed to be a part of that bride. In our nine weddings this summer, I had bride after bride, Dr. Anderson, come to me when I would speak to them and they would, I would say, how you doing? And they would say, I'm excited. Are you nervous? I'm a little nervous. Anybody getting on your nerves? Yeah, several people. 
but how you feel it overall. Without fail, all summer long, every bride used these words right here. Didn't matter if there was trepidation, didn't matter if there was concern, didn't matter if the flowers were dying and the colors weren't matching and the bride, the bridegroom, or the, the, the bridesmaid rather bailed out. It didn't, none of that, man. Here's what I heard time after time after time. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Boy, when I hit my face in prayer, I felt the Lord ask me a question to ask you. Are you excited? I know the world is dark, but you're not dark. You're a part of the bride. You're a part of the church of the living God. I know that there's sin, but there is a bride that is preparing herself. The world wants to destroy. But Pastor Galleon said it in the first session. Here is the greatest trick of the enemy in this hour. And even what was spoken to the church there in 2 Corinthians, that you might detour your thinking from who you're called to be. The same way that that serpent beguiled the first. You know there was an origination with the bride when Adam was created and he's like, whoa, I can do this. And then he looked around and said, I can't do this. There was nothing or no, no one, no, no, no created being that could supply it. And so the first, bride, the first bride was created in the handiwork of God, pulled out of the sight of man that they might work together. In case you haven't been at a wedding to hear it, let me say it to you. She was pulled out of the side, out of the side. If she was meant to be walked on, he'd have pulled out from under his feet, but she... The bride was not to be walked on, but it was to remind Adam that she goes there under your arm as a sense of protection, a sense of keeping. But she's the part of you that makes you whole. I'm going to tell you it's been the design from the very beginning that we are what completes the handiwork of God. I've heard people say God can do it without you, and you're exactly right, but he won't do it without the church. It is his... It is his divine design that we be a part of the bride of Christ, that we be prepared. Now, I'm going here. Whether you like it or not, I'm going here. It is meant to be that that bride is prepared in that fine linen representing the purity and has been keeping herself only unto the groom that she's about to walk down. Because, Dr. Anderson, they're going to play this music right here. Listen to me. When that music starts playing, she is expected not to be hooking up with somebody on the side. When that music starts playing, she is meant to be keeping herself holy unto that groom who she is about to... She's already betrothed unto him. She's about to be married, but she's already engaged. i got news for you. We're already betrothed unto him. We're already in this engagement. I'm not looking for another answer. I'm not looking for another God. I'm not looking for another doctrine. I'm not looking for another Jesus. I'm not looking for another word. I'm I want to be a part of the bride of Christ. And men, if that language makes you nervous, this is not about masculinity and femininity. This is about us being a part of the untarnished, unwayward, undistracted, completely committed, entirely sold out, 
was engaged once upon a time. Uh-huh. I wanted her dreaming about me. <laughs> I still want her. I wanted her waking up in the morning thing. I, wa I was dreaming. Here's what I was dreaming. Come here. Where my men at? Where? You, if you're a guy and that wasn't you, where's my guys? You know why I was in love then? And I'm in love. Biblically, engagement was as strong as marriage itself. Somewhere it crept into our culture, and especially our American culture, that engagements are meant to be broken. False. Once they were engaged, that's why I remember the story of Joseph and Mary. He thought, I'll put her away privately. Once you're engaged, it's a big deal. And the Lord would ask us a question here today. Are we engaged or just dating? Somebody needs to hear this question. Are you engaged to him or dating around still? And I've come to tell you, if you're dating around, you need to make the commitment. How many from my parents' generation remember what it meant to go steady? We, we jumped several generations of going steady. Some people's talked about courtship. And then we've got to a place right now where if you even look at somebody, people are making you marry them. Do you see them talking? Mm -mm -mm -mm. And all the college students are like, calm down. She has to borrow a pen. It was a pen. I gave her a pen. The pen. I don't know. I saw the way you handed that pen. I saw the it's all the way you gave that pen to her. <laughs> and if you're not careful, people will live vicariously. Those are the people that want to be the setup kings and queens. I think you should meet. I think you should leave me alone. That's what some people want to say. But I tell you, the same way that happens, it's happening spiritually. We're people. And the root of it is a spirit. And it is a dark spirit. It is a spirit of the age, but it is from the pits of hell itself. And if you could travel back to its origin, its origin is Satan himself. And it is the introduction of confusion with your engagement to Christ. All of a sudden, he wants you looking at the dress thinking, I don't think I'd even look good in that. I don't know if he really is the one. Got you like John in prison. Ask him, is he the one or should we look? Hey, he's the one. 
Sister Gallion, I didn't ask you to do it, but thanks for singing about Jesus all worship service long and telling us that he's worthy. And just in case anybody might be questioning today, he is worthy, he is the bridegroom, and he is going to have a bride. I'm not even going to preach to you for a second. I'm going to preach to the devil. He is going to have a bride. He is going to have a church. And I'm going to be part of that bride. I'm going to be a part of that church. I'm going to be a part of... Everybody be seated. I just need some bride's help in the room. Every bride in the building that put your dress on before the big day, I want you to stand. You put the dress on before you actually got married. You tried it on. You looked in the mirror. Be careful what I do. It'll turn into a gif. But you. I see you, creative team. Brides, you're telling me that when it came time for the day, you didn't leave it up to chance? You're telling me that when it came time, you this, hear what? Everybody's sitting. And when that music starts playing, we all look. Imagine that when that starts playing, you're in the back saying, man, I hope this fits. Hope this works. Can I tell you, hoping we accidentally are ready? You know why you buy that dress? You buy this dress because your faith in him turned into faithfulness from you. And your faith in him that turned into faithfulness from you turned into preparation. Started getting ready. You went to the store. Most of you went to the store and you started picking out a dress. And you said, I think I'm a two. And your friend said, mm. Mm. Ish. I got a good seamstress here just in Say, Pastor Carson, why would you say that? Because if we're not careful, we put unrealistic expectations that are... There's an easy way to do this. There's an easy way to do this. Your faith turns into faithfulness and that faithfulness turns into preparation. And there is preparation to be the bride. The groom made up his mind. I have talked to hundreds, I think, of brides over the last 20 years. And most of the brides have wanted the groom to do one thing during the preparation. Let her do it. You did your part. You picked me. Now I got this. <clears throat> so you don't want any money? No, I want some money. I want your money, not your mouth. That's what I... <laughs> And I've seen people try to get in the bride's business. Bride wants to have pink flowers, but they want to... I think you should do red. I don't know why you would do... And I've seen brides turn this... 
I know what I want. <laughs> I've had serious conversations with people where I said, just give her something. Just give her something. <laughs> Every man in this room knows the greatest two words that you can find for this thing. You're right. You're right. But the only reason you're willing to say you're right is once you've made up your mind to say you're mine. I submit to you here today that that faithfulness that turns into preparation puts that bride in a place where she starts getting things in order and she starts leaning on friends and she leans on family, but it's meant to be a certain way. She's been dreaming about this. She's been anticipating about this. She's been preparing for this. The same way you stood and said you tried it on, your groom was thankful, your guests were thankful. You were preparing for this so that when the music began to play and you stepped to the back and everybody turned and looked at you and if you're an introvert, you started sweating and you were nervous and you, but you, you came walking down that aisle and you were coached already by the minister when you walked down the aisle. We're thankful that the guests are here but this is about you and the groom. This is about you and the groom. This is about you and the groom. This is I can't say it enough. This is about you and the groom. To the church of the living God, I would remind us here, this is not about the world's opinion. This is not even about family opinion. This is not about the media's opinion. This is about us and the groom. This is about the bride and the bridegroom. This is about the bride and the bridegroom. And I know that the subtlety of the serpent is trying to slip into our ears and our minds and tell you that it doesn't matter if you're pure, but it matters if you're pure. And, and trying to tell us it doesn't matter if you're faithful, but it matters if you're faithful. And trying to tell us it doesn't matter if you're holy, but it's a holy matter and it matters if you're holy and trying to tell you that it doesn't work but I'm telling you he will present unto himself a glorious church I'm going I, I'm going to make it How do you know? Preparation's pretty clear. Preparation's pretty obvious. He taught from it today. Got in on the cloven tongues. You cannot repair or prepare unless you get faith and faithfulness and you take it to repentance. Aren't you glad that a bride can enter into that union? And that groom can love her not just for who she is, but in spite of what she was or what the enemy of her soul would make her to be. If you're a perfect person and you've always been perfect, then you don't have to be excited about this. But if you're a type of person like me that you know when your faith turned into repentance, his faithfulness granted that repentance. And he took, he was there for us. And so our faithfulness turns us into the preparation and we repent of our sins. And if I could, I'd preach all day about the glory of repentance. I take who I was and what I was and what the world said I would be and what people thought I should be and I buried it in an altar and I said God I'm sorry for every wrong thought. I'm sorry for every wrong action. I'm sorry for every wrong word. I'm so I've thought things I don't even remember. I've said things I don't even remember but I'm turning away from that because I'm turning towards you. You do recognize 
that when the bride turns towards the groom, that's the only thing she's focused on. And once we turn towards the bridegroom, that's the only thing we're supposed to be focused on. We're not focused on who we were. Sometimes we think we can focus on where we're going while we constantly focus on where we were. But I've got to repent, which means I've got to turn. I've got to turn from who I was. To the college students that showed up and you've got some failures in the last five years, good news for you. It's not about where you were walking. It's about where you are walking. It's, it's not about who, how you were living. It's about... And my, my repentance turned into baptism. My baptism was in one way and in one name. The only name I was baptized in is the only one who purchased me. I was buried with him in baptism. And I went to the waters and they put me down in the only saving name. For neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven. Since we were in Acts 4, let's stay there. And they buried me in that name because the Bible tells us in the book of Mark, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And I don't want that. I've got, a, I've got an engagement that's happening here. And it led me to baptism. And I was buried in the water. And I know some of us were buried a long time ago. I got to tell you, I was buried 30 some years ago. But when people start talking about baptism, it just stirs something inside of me because it reminds me of my engagement and I want him to know I've been preparing for this day for a long 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 time and then it didn't stop with baptism I know this might be crazy to some but I want you to know the bridegroom gave me a gift before I didn't know that pre-wedding gifts were a thing my wife let me know she educated me that you give each other at the engagement party or the, the night before, there's these gifts that you give to each other. And so I went and I got this gift and I gave this gift and, and, and brides and grooms probably all over this place have given each other some token of affection. But I'm telling you, when I got engaged to him, when I joined into this covenant, how many can testify he gave you a gift that Macy's can't produce? He gave you a gift that you can't go. Listen, I don't care if you're, I don't care if you got a ring from Tiffany's. He gave you a gift in the power of the Holy Ghost that nothing before, nothing since and nothing after would ever be able to substitute or replicate and let everybody know you're his you're his and he how many remember the day you spoke with other tongues as the spirit gave you the utterance you spoke with other tongues and you knew that's him, that's him, that's him that's him, he's mine, I'm his he's mine and I'm his he's mine and I'm his and in spite of everything that hell is throwing at the world right now I feel like getting on the I feel like getting on a big stage and saying in spite of it all And hell is saying, no, 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 no. You can't have revival in the middle of Indianapolis. But I hear this sound in the back of my... And there are drug addicts that are thinking they can never get delivered. But we're watching them. Be... I'm hearing this. Here comes the bride. All dressed. We're not very far removed from a time. You stay standing. I'm going to stop. You be my runway. 
We're not very far removed from a time where they were saying, church ain't gonna make it. I gotta be honest with you. I listened to something this week that was doom and gloom. Post-COVID, nobody wanting church. What? Then you're trying to sell them the wrong thing. I got good news for you. We're not trying to sell church. We're trying to offer Jesus Christ. We don't worship church. We worship the Lord. I think we got good music, but we don't worship the music. Most of the time we got decent preaching. Just say amen. Just, oh, thank you. But we don't worship preaching. And I know people that do. But we don't worship preaching. Got a lot of seats, but we don't worship our seats. This church, I commend this church because this church is having to make a big decision right now. And I, I've cried tears. I've sought God. And everything I keep hearing and feeling and seeing and sensing, I commend this church. I honor this church. We don't worship the way we worship. But we worship the fact that if he died for me, he died for you. If he died for you, he died for them. The scariest thing for this pastor in Indianapolis is that I feel like the organist has sat down. I feel like the trumpet is soon to burst. And I want the bride to be ready. And if the only thing we're doing is rushing in here on Sunday and hoping it still fits, Because you know, ladies, from the time you tried it on to the time you say I do, you got some regiment. I've never heard one bride tell me, well, I'm going to eat everything I can for the next six months so that I can fit in. I bought it, baggy. Never heard it. we're not careful, we're going to walk in here on Sunday and say, hope it fits, hope it fits, hope it fits, hope it fits. Hope it fits, hope it fits. What if the music... Let me ask you a question. What happens if he starts playing on a Tuesday? Listen to it, listen to it. What if the music starts playing after your shift on a Thursday?
I don't want him to find me cheating. Boy, I hope you can feel my heart right now. He is jealous over us with a godly jealousy. He longs for your affection. There's not one man in this room that would have gotten engaged and then tolerated that she spoke to you once a month. Not one guy in this room would have got engaged and then thought it wasn't abnormal if you went days without time together. You catching what I'm saying? We're pretty close to that eternal reality that here comes the bride. If you have faith in him, he that believeth in this room, if you have faith that he really did purchase you with his own blood, you know what the culture was? Culture for that young man that became betrothed to that young lady. He would leave and he'd go back to his father's house and he would begin to build on to the house. It was the culture. He would give her language that is so familiar to us as the church because he would tell her that he was going to prepare a place. And you say what you want, but I believe this word. That he has gone to prepare a place for us that where he is, we may be also. In my father's house are many men. Rooms, if it were not so, and to everybody in the world that's saying it doesn't matter to be ready, I rise to this occasion to tell you you better get your eyes focused on the bridegroom. You got to be as faithful on Monday afternoon as you were on Sunday morning, you got to be as honest on Wednesday morning as you were this. I would ask something. There's no way in the crowd of this size that everybody could possibly get to an altar. We're going to allow it for those who would like to come. If you're in the balcony, there's a middle area. And if you're in the sanctuary, the main level, we have room here at the altar all around. But before anyone would come, I've really felt challenged to ask you right where you are. To renew your vow to Him. Maybe you're here and you've never made that. But if you'd be so willing to lift your hands and surrender and tell Him that you choose Him, you don't have to wonder whether He chose you. But when's the last time you just clearly told him, I choose you. I choose you over my job. I choose you over the house. I choose you over a fence. I choose you instead of choosing hurt. I choose you instead of choosing distrust. 
I choose you, not cynicism. I choose you. Forgive me if I've been unfaithful. Come on, I feel like that needs to turn into repentance all over the house right now. Forgive me if I've had eyes for another. If I've been wayward. I know I've given you my Sundays, but I haven't been giving you all my Mondays. I know I've been acting like we're engaged on Sunday, but Tuesdays I don't think I have. I... If there be anything that is keeping me from being prepared for the wedding, forgive me. Forgive me. The story of this Holy Scripture in His covenant with Old Testament Israel was the clear imagery that His mercies would become new every morning. And in spite of wandering and even in spite of that to whom He was espoused to or proclivity to wander, he was a God of mercy. But we never get to read this text and somehow summarize that just because he was a God of mercy did not make him a God of judgment. In the story of Esther, we see that just being called to the presence of the king does not eliminate the need of preparation. The story of Hosea shows us the necessity of mercy and preparation beyond where you've been. From the failure of the first bride that eve to now the preparation of the second. The first man, Adam, could not compare with the second. Christ Jesus. God, we don't want to wander. feel like from that same book of Revelation from my opening text I call someone to hear my words clearly and closely before we leave this house today I'm not asking if you still love him I'm asking have you somehow wandered from him being your first love to which I would tell you you need to return to your first do you still wake up thinking about him I need us to pray right now. I need mature saints of God to cultivate the atmosphere. I... Do you still walk throughout your day with Him on your mind? Do you lay your head to the pillow at night dreaming of Him? Jesus. 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 Jesus, Jesus, behold the bridegroom coming. Matthew 25 says there were five ready and five that weren't. We've got to be ready. There will be no borrowing of oil in that midnight cry. 
When the music begins to play, it will be too late. The dress must fit now. The preparation must happen now. I got to get ready now, now, now. If you haven't repented, you got to do it now. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, you need to be baptized now. If you haven't been filled with the gift of His Spirit, you need to be filled now. And if you're not being a witness of your engagement, you've got to become a witness I open these altars to somebody that would step out of your pew and say, I want him to know I'm going to be a part of the church. I'm going to be a part of the bride of Christ. I'm, I'm making my steps sure. My mind is made up. My heart is made up. I know everybody can't come, but we could get about three or 400 down into this altar right now that would walk to the front and say, I'm going on display. It's better than a post on Instagram. It's better than a picture in the paper. It's better than the announcement of engagement. My engagement was written a long time ago. It's between these two leather uh, pages here. It was an engagement that was settled you might have to come to this altar and say my kids gotta be ready my kids gotta be my family's gotta be ready gotta be ready it might be some person that walks down to this altar for yourself says I'm sorry that I've been wayward I'm sorry if I've been distracted 